That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on a kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. This is a personnel issue. Ish. I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. First time in a while. I know we took a couple of weeks off. It's yeah. getting kind of to that time of year, you know, we're having to focus on football and basketball at this time of year. So, uh, but I decided to carve out some good time to get back to the, get back to the court. Yeah. And uh, today we're joined by uh, head women's basketball coach at Texas State, Zinere Antoine. Coach Z, how are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. I, I'm honestly really excited about this season. Um, for a lot of different reasons. I, I know we're not clear of COVID, but I feel like maybe we can breathe a little bit better. And then in addition to that, um, I'm very fortunate. I have six COVID seniors. So not many of us can say that we have that and two are all conference players. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, want, well, I was going to say, I wanted, I wanted to ask about that because that was <laughs> when you guys dropped the news release that all of them were coming back. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of curious how that, how that happened, how that conversation, what, did they all come to you? Did, you know, was that something that you had kind of hoped for? Was, I know you're somebody who thinks a lot about life outside of basketball. So were you thinking like, oh, they're going to move on and they're going to do their thing with, you know, post college or I don't know, how did that conversation kind of go? So with each one, it was a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. I can tell you that um, the opportunity was given to the, the original four. When I call them the, I call them my OGs mm -hmm. and, uh, it's that class of Denasia Hood, Kennedy Taylor, Jaquela, um, and Jada Reed. And so that opportunity was afforded to them. Hey, you guys have been great for Texas state. I want you to come back. Um, let's see how this season goes. And I think for each of them, it unfolded differently. Denasia went through some ups and downs, even though she's a first team all conference player, so for her, um, you know, I was unsure. I knew for sure there were going to be a lot of people sliding in her DMs, and there were. But after that loss that we had in, in the conference tournament on the way back, and of, of all places, um, quintessential one of my favorite places, Bucky's, <laughs> um, on the way home, she came and told me, Coach Z, I'm coming back. And I was like, geez, it's so fresh, right? We just yeah. lost and wasn't, wasn't happy about it. Um, and she stayed true to that. So what an amazing Bobcat to stay true to that because I got phone calls from people who are saying, hey, what is she going to do? And I told them the same thing I'm telling you. She said she's going to stay. Meanwhile, she had to withstand not just her personal, you know, family life and things going on in her life. She had to withstand a lot of people asking her to leave, asking her to jump in the portal, seeing if she would give them an opportunity. And, and it was no, she wants to come back and she wants to get a ring here at Texas State. In addition to that, she's a first gen student athlete as far as graduating 
And she's going to potentially be a first gen master's student. She decided in this second year that she's going to, you know, start her master's degree. So I couldn't be prouder of her. So that's how her story unfolded. Jada Reed decided I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I was supporting her and her future endeavors, right? As, as just as somebody working in the community. And then we hit, I want to say it was like July. And I kind of left the door open for her. I was like, listen, I'm gonna leave that door open for you in case you want to come back. And 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 she she took that opportunity and said, hey, I want to come back. I recognize that it's it's not over for me either. And I might actually have an opportunity to play overseas. You know, I think she had some people reach out to her and she just honestly didn't have uh, enough film and time put into the game. So she said, I, I want to come back. For Kennedy, I, I, I think for her, it was always going to be, you know, what does this look like for me in my future and what do I want? And she wants that ring as well. Mm-hmm. And I think you can find Jaquela in that same space. So those four um, all arose, kind of got to this place of returning for this COVID year in a different way. And then if you add into that, um, a kid by the name of Tiana Eaton, who was a transfer force from California, she was never healthy. She truly was never healthy from the beginning. And for her, it was much tougher. I think there was a lot of back and forth for her trying to decide, do I want to put my body through this? And um, I'll be honest, she's the one kid I, I really work um, on convincing her that let's not end like this. Like, I really want you to put everything you can into your rehab. Let's put everything we can into your body. So at least no matter what, you know, you've exhausted this basketball opportunity you have as an athlete. In addition to that, let's better your opportunity as a teacher and do what a, her, one of her teammates did and get this, you know, MED. So then mm-hmm. better your earning, earning opportunities. I think she liked that and appreciated it. And she's probably had the best summer out of all of them, to be honest with you, as far as just most improved. So I'm really excited about her. And then we brought a young woman in who's a grad transfer from SEMO. She won a championship her sophomore year as a point guard. She played up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that's Taylor Pruitt. So that's why we have six COVID seniors. And of the six, five are truly returning Bobcats. And I would tell you of those five, they are all just burning to get this ring. It's, it's one of the things that we've always envisioned as a group. And it's something that we've come close to, but for a lot of different reasons, it didn't go through. And I feel like we've learned a lot as a group, both myself and them individually, and then as a team, that this is something we want. And if you add in those other pieces that are there in addition to them, I, I think that makes it a lot easier to say, yes, I'll come back and, and put myself through um, the rigors of being a student athlete, knowing that I want to say we probably have six of them that are in a post-grad scenario now at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, if you scroll through y'all's roster, it is uh, y'all might have wild. more DRs than yeah. DRs and SRs than any anything else there. Yeah. It is it's incredible. Um, but kind of speaking to that, and speaking of building off of last year, obviously you finished the year fifteen and fourteen overall, nine and six in the Sun Belt. Um, there were some ups and downs, obviously lose, lose seven of eight in December and then win seven of nine and close the year pretty strong. Uh, what was it like going through that season last year and kind of getting out of that and now going into an off season where you do have everybody back and you can learn from that, those experiences as, as a team. Matthew it was a roller coaster, to be honest with you. We had a lot of stress at the beginning of the year. Um, and then it got, it seemed like we we're going to get to a better place. I think we lacked a lot of chemistry and understanding. So then we got to a better place. Um, and then we're trying to work through COVID and working through COVID was still difficult because for the student athletes that played in the fall, which was really just basketball, right? 
a lot of them could get excited because you saw football, you watch volleyball and soccer, and you're like, okay, it's going to be okay. We're not going to have to test anymore. Things are going to be easier. Well, then, boom, right? They put the ham hammer down, and there was testing again. And, you know, um, I think as someone who's a coach and or at some level administrator, you're getting upset because the rules kept changing on us. And as, as I say that, um, it, it's not to really blame any particular person, but it makes it difficult for an athlete as far as what, you know, if you're vaccinated, it's one way. If you're unvaccinated, it's another. And this is the testing protocol. So we went forth as a group um, following the rules and also keeping our athletes safe. So as you take a look in that early part of conference play, we were going with a lot of players playing. And then here at Texas State, we really do believe in taking care of our athletes. And so what that meant was they weren't cleared until they saw the cardiologist. So this is mm -hmm. a long protocol. So imagine that, right? Then you're mm -hmm. out of shape. So you're coming back from Christmas. We already had three players out at Christmas. So we come back from Christmas, three out automatically who couldn't play and travel with us. Well, then they had their own protocol to come back. Well, of those three, two of those were starters and one had an opportunity to play a lot of minutes. So that already throws off your rotations, yeah. in addition to they're getting out of shape. So at the end of the day, the Sunbelt Conference made the decision, okay, we're going to go on percentage. The difficulty I have with that is it was just Dustin Troy that played max games. Minus mm -hmm. one, we played max games. So we were playing on shortened rosters with just kind of crazy scenarios where we could have potentially, right, we could have maybe massaged a little and sat out some games, and we could have put ourselves in a situation where we could have – that first round by, but we decided not to. So that was very difficult trying to explain it to the athletes. Hey, what do you mean? We fought through COVID. We did all these things. And this is what happens, coach. I said, I know, but let's take a look at how well we finished y'all. We're going to be okay. Right. This has prepared us. But that early piece of it, like I said, this was a roller coaster for us. Preseason up and down with chemistry, found it, then boom, COVID hit us. Then again, we, you know, by the time we got in shape and, and, and found our, our legs, we, we ran out of time. So it's very, it was a very frustrating year. I see how this class feels um, because I know that we've got it. They really want to be able to finish as strong as possible. So I'm, that's why I say I'm really excited for the future. Um, really frustrated with this past season in so many different ways. I, I don't think unless you take a really close look at what happened, you don't really understand why it happened, knowing that we have two all-conference players on the team, why we didn't finish better. Well, that's why we didn't finish better. Honestly, yeah. we, we had sickness and, and injury and illness. And once you get behind with COVID, you get behind. Because I can tell you this, none of them are enjoying this the summer, um, but it's also a reminder of what it was like before COVID, right? So when I say that, we're back to full training, hmm. right? We don't have to be as worried about their bodies from the sense of we don't want any injury because of COVID and you're out of shape. And, you know, if you go too hard early, you can have massive injuries. We're back to old school. We are running, lifting, training, we're getting after it. And so for that COVID group, they remember what it was like when they were younger, but there's a lot of them that never really went through a full summer of training. And what does that look like as a student athlete? Hmm. So it's, it can be tough. So we're off for two weeks right now and they deserve these two weeks off. Uh, Coach Lance was very proud of them. I was very proud of them too this summer. I thought they held it well. They hit a point too where they were struggling a little bit. And, you know, like this is a lot. It was like, because your body's trying to remember what that was yeah. like two summers ago. But uh, they fought through it and, and um, it's been exciting. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we're two, I mean, what, two years into dealing with COVID as just another thing, an obstacle. Um, and I feel like a lot of people see COVID and they kind of see it as like 
any other any other thing, any other like DMP reason, right? It's like, oh, they got COVID. So when they don't have COVID, they're back and they're fine. And it's like, that's not necessarily how that goes, right? You test negative, you could still, like I had a couple of weeks back and like I was, I tested negative, but like I dealt with like a week of like dizziness and imbalance. And so it was like, things like that, that doesn't even have to deal with the, like you mentioned, the cardiovascular stuff where it's like all that potential. So I think a lot of people see COVID as just another thing. And eventually, I guess we might have to deal with it like that. But there's so much more complications than just, okay, you don't have COVID anymore. So therefore, you're good to play and you're good to, you know, get right back into it. But yeah, you're basically immobilized for, you know, however long you have it, um, not doing anything, not feeling like doing anything either. At all. And so the smaller roster sports, so mm-hmm. your bas- men's, women's basketball and volleyball, it affects them directly. Right. Um, so yeah. uh, but go, I was going to say, that, you know, you mentioned the workouts and kind of going through that. When you guys get, you know, what, what's that? I don't know. I guess the dynamics really interesting to me because typically, you know, basketball coaches, especially you deal with this kind of a new roster, sometimes three, four new players, things like that had this you know the same core at least for going on three four years now what's that what's that locker room like you know adding only a couple of new faces maybe even just one that hasn't been around the team before so it's like a family you know how to get on each other's nerves you know (laughs) but you also like a family work through it a little bit faster right you're able to kind of work through it and then they're really they're really good right now at embracing the new the newbies on the team um i really like that and appreciate that so we have some youth we do have some youth uh, we have four that are or three that are pretty young mm-hmm. and so i like how they're embracing that as well as well as the you know the transfer that came in I, I think it's a it's a really good it's a really good mix right now as far as um what we do and don't know from a x's and o standpoint we are so heavy duty on defense it's not even funny um i mean y'all y'all track basketball truly yeah. it is defense it goes back to what old school pat summit said right? Defense is what's going to win us championships. And I recognize that's where we're struggling. Um, Put a lot of pressure on myself, coach Teamer. um, You know, he, he he takes care of a lot of what we are looking for regarding defense. He's really amped it up. There's things that we're going to, we're actually going to have a a heavy duty meeting tomorrow, him and I on some things defensively. I've already let the players know 75% of this preseason is going to be defense. Um, And that's the positive though, about having a veteran group with the offense we run. It hasn't changed me as a ball screen coach. We have offensive pieces as well. So a lot of that's going to have to come on their own so we can focus on getting better defensively. We've got to be able to get stops. We can need to stop, you know, allowing players to go off and get 25, you know, points. Um, I'm tired of being people's highlight. So that's going to end this year. And I think that's going to make a tremendous difference in our ability to be able to sustain and win games and, and accomplish what we were looking to do this year. Yeah. And based on what you, what you said earlier, I mean, obviously having to go through the struggles of last year of the, you know, people being out and whatnot to finally have the cohesion, the cohesion of you know, like defensively is kind of where that kind of comes into play a lot, whether it's rotations, you know, man to man principles, zone principles, stuff like that. Um, that's just kind of trusting one another in a sense. Wouldn't you say uh, on the defensive side of the ball and as y'all it is trust. get closer, you're right. It is trust. And I, and I, and I need um, my guards to stop trusting that those forwards are going to be there in rotations because <laughs> sometimes they're fouling. Right. No. So we have a kid who was a preseason all conference kid in Lauren, Thompson, she had her ups and downs, but at the end of the day, she couldn't stay in the game. She's constantly on rotation, fouling people, just hacking people. Um, I think that we we need our guards to do a much better job of containment off the bounce. We've got to. Otherwise, we're forcing rotations with bigs, 
And, you know, like a lot of bigs, they, they, they want to be shot blockers or sometimes they're just not as quick to move. And so we find ourselves in foul trouble and we don't need that. And one of those forwards for us is Denasia Hood, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that, that can be problematic. So we are definitely working from the start. The game starts and ends with our guard play. And so we've really been on our guards heavily as far as what they need to get done on rotation. Yeah, we do not want to rotate. So yeah, yeah. Looking at Denasia Hood last year, you know, especially in that that January stretch of conference play, you know, what what change did you see from her during that stretch, but also just as a whole in the season? Because you know, you look at that January, compare her to anybody in the country, and it was as good as anybody. Um, what did you see from her during that run, and what kind of what do you think kind of clicked for her to even to get her to another level when she was already at an all conference level? think for Denasia, it's always been those people, the naysayers, you know, in her, her life, being a kid who grew up in San Antonio, uh, in Benizi, at least from the area that she's in. Um, from the beginning, we were actually just looking at pictures recently. She, she was definitely much thicker and mm-hmm. rounder. And so for her to battle that and then find herself in a position that is a forward, um, thinking that she's a one-dimensional kid, I think that was just another th- obstacle for her to overcome. Her opportunity to be that first gen, I think that was another obstacle that she's able able to overcome. She is a um, oldest child of three, so I will say she does have leadership skills. We just don't maybe necessarily recognize them on the surface, but she's driven to do her best for her family. I think that's something a lot of people don't realize. She puts a lot of weight into. Um, being that person for her family, for her mother, her father, and her younger brother and sister, you know, kind of creating that path. So the difference I truly saw from her in that time period was she went from being a player who wants the ball at the end of the game to be a confident player. She was a confident player. And she's confident because this kid trained very much like uh, Tasha Levitt and Taylor Deere, other two kids that are playing pro right now. Mm-hmm. This kid was always in the gym. She was getting in reps, much like you see pros doing. She definitely wants to be a pro. That's always been the goal for her. Um, that confidence issue is what you saw. It's truly not just wanting the ball, but really being confident, like, I'm going to get this bucket for the team. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really what I see now in her training. It's not just I want the ball and get the bucket for the team. It's I'm going to do everything I can to help this team get a ring. Like, that's really all she – that's all her and – uh, Kennedy Taylor talk about is getting a ring, finding a way to a championship. And so she's willing to do whatever that takes. And so we're asking her to get a little bit out of her comfort zone. You're going to see her play more at the wing mm-hmm. than she ever had. We pieces and the players in the team that are really working hard. So it'll allow us some opportunities to put Denasia on the wing more, which allows for what post-ups, right? As well. She can already stretch it. And so I think that's going to be that next piece of her game that she needs to conquer. And she's really taken that in. But that's what you saw from her is a confidence. Is there any concern with the group that is um, has so much experience that they might put too much pressure on themselves with this being their last year? Be like, this is, you know, and at the first roadblock, you're like, all right, this isn't the end of the road here. You have to get through it. Is there any concern with it, the amount of pressure that players would put on themselves uh, being so going into their last year? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. That's something that we're going to have to manage as a coaching staff, right, is, is helping them learn how to fail and get back up again. And so we're going to find different ways. There's different ways that you do those things in practice, right, dealing with adversity of officials, dealing with weather changes. Um, I know that sounds crazy. Um, putting them in adverse situations is going to be really important. And then watching how we bounce back. I can tell you, though, 
just early looks at it right now, they're really good at overcoming it. And the young woman who probably puts a lot of stress on herself, her teammates are able to work her through that. They really support each other right now. So that's what we're going to have to, that's what we're going to need is that type of leadership, right? Somebody who's going to step up, a couple of them step up and say, hey, that really sucked. Or, you know, we didn't do well, or, hey, they, they beat us, or that was lucky, whatever it is, mm-hmm. being able to work through that scenario is going to be important. So we are doing a lot more team activities that really foster those types of environments that put you in situations where you have to be a problem solver in the now to work through it. Yeah. Looking at the Sun Belt a little bit as a whole, you know, overnight, it just seemingly kind of, oh, it's a new yeah. conference now, <laughs> you know, UTA is gone, but you add three teams from Conference USA that are, none of them are, you know, uh, bottom feeders, right? They're all at least right. going to be mid-level and up. Right. You know, what do you, what are your thoughts on kind of the conference outlook right now? You know, it's, it's just, just looks like they might've, you might've lost a, you know, a power, a typical power in UTA, but you've seemingly just added more depth. We did. And so um, I'm excited. There's mm-hmm. there's piece of it that I'm excited. And then in addition to that, I'm a little anxious to see what that looks like. Um, I think that honestly, Ish, the toughest part about the conference isn't that there's an excitement, especially I'm fortunate with the roster I have to mm-hmm. be able to go out and compete. There is a stress with the travel. Like uh, the, True. Travel, yeah. the travel piece to me is that's the unknown, right? How do student athletes handle travel? Yeah. Whether it's delays or just being cooped up in a bus or, you know, the back-to-back turnaround. You just don't know. Even with the veteran team, you just don't know how your body is going to respond or what your mental state is going to be. So that's really more what I'm curious about, especially going to new places, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like it's easy to get to Hattiesburg. It's not easy to get to Huntington, West Virginia. Um, you know, the other two might be a little bit easier, ODU and JMU. But you're still also dealing with a different style of play and student athlete in addition to that. But I'm really curious to see how travel is going to affect everyone. I'm really going to be looking to see how volleyball responds, right? I think that's going to be interesting just because they play around the same amount of games as men's women's basketball to see how their athletes respond, how they play and how they adjust to just the travel part. Yeah, that is an interesting aspect of it. I mean, we see with realignment everywhere basically right now. Mm -hmm. Um, now we've talked, obviously spent a lot of time on the the big four, the the older players here. Um, any newcomer breakout type players you're looking at, being like, all right, this could be a situation where even if you know they're not starting, it could be a couple players that you're like, all right, maybe they get an increased role going into this year to add some depth. Well, Tiana Eaton, like I said, has had a great yeah. summer, right? She's a six foot tall, long, lanky guard who can defend, get after, and's got a beautiful mid range game. I really look you know, to her to be able to step up and see quality minutes. There's a brand new face no one has seen, and her name is Morgan Hill. Um, I think she's going to be a fan favorite because when you look at her right away, she's 6'3". She looks like she's 6'5 when she's out there playing. She's long, lanky. Um, She can get buckets, but she creates a lot of problems for people defensively because she's able to get her hands on a lot of balls. So Morgan started at Monroe, left Mm -hmm. Monroe, her freshman year and went to Trinity Valley Junior College and now she's here at Texas State. So I'm really she's a kid, she's a young woman from Houston. So I finally got one of my players from Houston back. You know, I'm from I'm from the H. Um so I'm really excited to have Morgan as a part of our team because we've never had a player like her. I think the closest thing might have been Jayla Johnson, but even even with that being said, Morgan is more skilled. Um she just has to figure out, you know, our system and what that looks like. But I think she's going to step on the floor right away and people are going to say, who is that? Mm. You know, yeah. she's, she's scary defensively. 
and she can score offensively as well. So she definitely is no slouch. You'll you'll recognize this young woman right away. She adds a lot of depth into that um, forward roster. A lot. I think was she part of the was she part of the unbeaten Cy Creek team that went uh, yes. I think it was was a Harmon yeah. in uh, their junior year, right? Yeah, wow, you okay. remember that? Heck yeah, she's that kid. Okay, yeah, I do, so, I do vividly remember I'm, her. I'm so yeah. excited about her because okay. uh, I was mad at myself when we played Monroe. I was like, how do we miss on her? Right. I kept saying to myself, I cannot believe I missed a kid out of Houston. <laughs> so when I heard she had left, oh, Coach Teamer can tell you I was because he, he he does a lot of our, our junior college recruiting. He yeah. can tell you I was just like, where is that kid? Yeah, I think they. I want to say they went unbeaten until that. They the only game they lost, I think, was that state finals game. I think, but that, that was a fun it team. Was. So I, it that was. was I, think she, I think she was forty and one or something like that. Something it was something. Wild. It was something wild like that. Okay, so I definitely vividly remember her. So yeah, she is very tall. I do remember. Yes. <laughs> hearing and that she's like, only six three. Six three is weird to me. I feel like six six is like she looks six. like that because the yeah. first one she. Um, cause I told you we're working a lot of defense mm. closed out on someone. She had her arms. I was like, oh, she looks like an octopus out there. <laughs> like it was wild. I was like, Oh my gosh. You know how excited you can be as a coach when you can place a player like that on the floor. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so exactly. disruptive. We just got a rebound out of it. And then yeah, she's yeah. got a mid range shot that I saw, but I wasn't sure, but she's really uh-huh. consistent with it. So you're thinking to yourself and this kid has three years. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, so yeah, so, when yeah, you no. ask, yeah, we got we got we got a few for you, but that one is one who when she steps yeah, out right away, yeah. everybody's gonna be saying, Who's that? Okay, yeah. okay, I'm I'm excited now for that one. Yeah. Um, so lastly for me, all right, me and me and uh me and Matt were joking about this when we heard about the, all the players coming back. Coach, is this the oldest team in the country? And uh well, Tiana, old, maybe one of the oldest in recent memory. Like, yeah, I don't know, I've never is. seen this we're many graduate old. transfers in one team. <laughs> So it's a good joke, right? That yeah. our staff has done a good job. These young women haven't hopped in a portal or just gone on and, and decided to leave. Um, we probably, I, I need to look that up. You know what? I'm going to tell Gris Brown to get on that for you. Get Check it, yeah. You know what? Because that's a nice little nugget to have. Now, Tiana Eaton won't like it because everyone jokes that she's going to be 27. I mean, she may not be 27, but <laughs> I'm not, she might be 25. I was like, I got married at 25. But anyway. Well, know, coach, like, it's, it's weird. Like, you're. Uh, I'm trying to think. Tierra Pitts can't be that much older than them, right? As your GA? No, Tierra, Tierra, Tierra Pitts is not. Uh, but what's funny is Morgan is young, and she's already been right to two places. She, this weekend, she's she's a, she's a 19-year-old. Oh, wow. Okay. The yeah. entire team is making fun of her, and it's also we have to put in perspective for them. Like, she's really young. She's just – it's the incoming freshman, right. a rising sophomore, and then her. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. turn 20 until this weekend, but the rest of them are laughing because, right, they they've, they've had their um, – Bonafide IDs for a while. Right? <laughs> no have conversations no, no now. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I know you are of age, but let's make good decisions. Like those are the right, things right. we're having. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. But no, you're That's right. Funny. I'm actually going to have to look into that now that you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll get the graphic going and everything with you. Yeah. Action shot. <laughs> that is a good recruiting shot. tool, though. Oldest that is a good recruiting tool nation. for parents in the portal. Yes. yes, zero transfers out. <laughs> like or nobody's nobody's leaving. <laughs> you come, you're you're here to stay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. Well, I guess the the last thing I have um going going into this year. I mean, we we've talked about I'm basically everybody uh, a lot of players on the team already. Kennedy Taylor um at the point guard position. Uh, just 
what does she mean to you and to to this program and how she's going to kind of go into this season, um, you know, as a point guard um, to lead the team, lead the offense, lead kind of everything. Because even on defense, too, communication-wise and everything. She does. And she's increased her defensive ability. I think Kennedy's done a great job. You know, I, I say this lovingly and jokingly. Kennedy's the type of young woman that I want my sons to marry. Right. This is a young woman who um, came from Lincoln High School, was a valedictorian. A lot of people don't know this young woman not only played basketball, but she played tennis as well. She graduated Texas State with her undergraduate degree um, in mass comm with honors. And now she's in an MBA program as well. Not to mention, right, she's an all conference player. And um, she's done this, at you know, pushing five to max. Right. Mm -hmm. I just think she's a phenomenal young woman. A lot of this goes back to her family. You know, her brother now is, is a great player at, at Texas A&M, but they did a great job raising two young people that are um, able to withstand a lot of life's adversities and stressors and still come out highly successful. So in moving forward, Kennedy is one of those players that I really have to make sure she doesn't put, she puts so much pressure on herself that I have to find ways to alleviate that pressure for her. whether it is getting a kid like Taylor Pruitt, you know, to come in and, and help with some of those stressors on the basketball floor, whether it is giving her space that she needs at times not to have to be asked to be that person to be out there to be the face of, of the program. There's a lot of different areas I feel like I need to be able to alleviate stress, but at the same time, give her ownership of her team, which we started that last year and helping her um, and understanding her, listening to her when it comes to decision-making. She's definitely in a place now when she says something to me basketball-wise as far as what she sees and how she feels within a game, I listen to her. Um, this team ebbs and flows with her ability to be able to really get them going. I think that's important. But, you know, moving forward, I think this is a young woman who I've always said from the beginning, it's, it's you hear from all the coaches, you know, within the conference and, and people in this state, oh, what, what a phenomenal kid, what a great player. And I'm like, well, why aren't you voting for her? She should have been on an all-conference roster a long time ago, and, and rightfully so she is now. Um, so my ability to be able to get her out there on the forefront as being one of the best point guards in the country is important, regardless of her size. And that's something that I want for her as she moves into her, you know, whatever that next step is for her, basketball-wise. You know, she never really expressed that she wanted to play basketball after this, but if she had an opportunity, I know she'd jump on it. I think for her, it's just being her best self at, at all times is what her parents have instilled in both of them. And that's what you see. She is always her best at all times. And even when she isn't, you know, maybe at 100%, her 90 is better than some kids, you know, 100. And so um, she will go down and is one of the best point guards to play here, men or women, uh, I think, at, at Texas State. From every, right, take a look at her holistically and everything that she's done. Phenomenal. Well, Coach, that's all we got for you, uh, for you today, man. Uh, we yeah, no hot seat. You didn't give me any hot seat uh, questions about my Astros. I appreciate it. <laughs> now time is up. You cannot. You cannot. So. No, 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 no. Ish, Ish and I were like, no, we're just going to throw some softballs up. You know, keep it keep it light. Appreciate you know? it. Appreciate <laughs> it. Please don't put me on the spot about my Astros, who I absolutely love. Um, I always tell people that. And I will own my little sorry Rockets and my sad Texans, too. <laughs> But I, you know, yeah, I, I ride yeah. with the home team right now, and, and the Astros are the ones that you know been been doing decent so far. So yeah, you know, as a Spurs fan, it's all right. We got we got the 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 old days. There. Hey, I so, love you know what I love the Spurs. You can't say anything to me. We talk about dynasties, and I never understand why we don't talk about the Spurs. I I will ride with you on that for sure, Matt. Like the Spurs are. I hate the Spurs, so that's all right. 
Hey, listen, it's it's by look, look. I grew up and when I was in middle school, I had to watch Robert Ory hip check Steve Nash into the into the side and get nothing. So I, I have my reasons. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I have great memories against the Suns. Great. All memory. right. Um, <laughs> but all right, Coach. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Um, best of luck this year, and uh, we'll we'll do this again next year. We'll have a annual annual podcast. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Hey, and good luck getting this this rolling this yes. season. Yeah, thank, you, thank you. Thank you.